enjoy the ride. Um, like not many people get to do this. Um, just just recognize that um, and enjoy it as much as you can. Enjoy all of the, the, the great moments, celebrate the great moments and try, and try and keep things in perspective. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about West Australian startup founders who have been there and done it or are right here and doing it. My name's Chris. And my name's Steve. And before we start, we'd like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast in the land of the Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation and pay our respects to the elders past, present and emerging. I'd also like to thank our sponsors. Startup West is produced by Startup News and sponsored by the City of Perth, RSM, Space Cubed, Techon, Curtin University and Dinner Twist. And wait till the end of the episode for a $30 off offer from Dinner Twist. In this episode, we speak to Tim Jones, Managing Director of Cyber Security Startup Hyperfire. Tim, welcome to Startup West. Can you tell us a bit a bit about your startup business, what it does and how it's currently going? Yeah, hi Steve, thanks for having me. Um, thanks for having me, Chris. Uh, so I'm from Hyperfire uh, and we have next generation network detection and response uh, technology software. Um, so where that fits, most people are familiar with antivirus software on your laptop um, or uh, uh, also called endpoint protection, um, also uh, perimeter protection, also known as firewalls. Um, we believe that uh, the reason why a lot of these large companies are getting breached at the moment um, is that not many corporate uh, organisations are doing network security very well and that's where we specialise. Um, so we've brought a new product to market uh, called Firebug. It's our network detection and response solution. Uh, we believe it's the best in the market. Great, great. So how did this first come about? Like we we have, yeah, there's antiviruses and firewalls out there. Um, how how was this idea come across? Yeah, okay. So uh, the first I heard about uh, the opportunity, uh, I was uh, I spoke to Ron McDougall, uh, who's the head of commercialization at Curtin University. Good man. Very good man. Uh, very experienced uh, commercialization and kind of tech team. Um, I think I spoke to I spoke to Ron in uh, early 2019. Um, at the time, I was I. Uh, working in an advisory firm or, or running an advisory firm. Uh, and he said that uh, they'd come across a, a clever young guy uh, doing his PhD at the university called Stefan Prandtl. Um, and uh, they believed he'd made a you know, pretty major discovery with his research team. Um, and, and they thought it was a good opportunity for commercialization and, you know, kind of come and have a look and have a chat to, to Stefan. Um, so uh, I was engaged by... Curtin University at that time to help with some commercialization. We ran uh, based on the Lean Startup program that um, you know, many listeners of this show will probably be familiar with. Um, and uh, it was you know, pretty quickly realized that, uh, that what Stefan had discovered was pretty important. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I won't get into the technology just yet. No. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, basically it allowed us to uh, detect uh, normal network behaviour uh, in a computer network. Um, that's one of the hardest things to do uh, in network security um, and it, it allows us to do that in half an hour where legacy systems take anywhere from six to 12 months to do that. So it's a real game changer in, uh, in network security. Yeah, amazing. Uh, Tim, we'll duck dive into I, I guess some funding areas shortly but I guess before yeah. we get to that, Perhaps just some overarching challenges and successes to the of the business to date. 
Yeah, okay. Um, so, so again, I'll, I'll assume that uh, most people sort of are familiar with lean startup concepts. Uh, so probably the biggest challenge has been product market fit. Okay. Um, so, you know, the definition of a startup is an organisation or a business trying to find a repeated, repeatable business model. Um, when you find that repeatable business model, it's called product market fit. It's basically when, um, you know, customers start coming to you uh, and, you know, you um, – not don't have to go to them so much and try and break down doors. Um, so yeah, trying to design a product that the customers wanted um, and learning about the customers on the way. So that was that was a real challenge uh, over the first year in particular. Um, so when we launched uh, Hyperfire, you know, in its own right, spun it out of Curtin University in uh, in early twenty twenty one. We had we realised that we had quite a bit of work to do on the product, um, and uh, and had a lot of development work over that first year, um, and while trying to find product market fit, um, so we believe we found it. Um, it. We came to market with a product that that customers had to use themselves. It was you know we assumed that they had quite sophisticated uh, staff that were able to use it. Uh, what we realized was that um, and what they told us ultimately was, look, just tell me the answer. Just tell me when there's something on my network that I need to know about mm, yeah. um, so I can then go and deal with it. I don't have time to, to find yeah. it myself. Um, and so once we once we understood that, then we were able to de- design a product and a service um, that, that gave them the answer and that's what we've done. So we've got our Firebug NDR solution that deploys on their network and then we bundle that together with a service um, that provides them with a daily check of is there anything you need to worry about your network today and a weekly top five wrap up. So what are the trends that you need to know about your network that you might want to investigate? Brilliant. Yeah, okay. That's very cool. Very, very cool. Um, So I want to ask how have or how has your business been funded up to, you know, to this stage? Yeah, okay. So the first phase, um, we spent a couple of years um, incubating it inside Curtin University um, and, and Curtin... Uh, has some internal commercialization funding that we were lucky enough to receive. So for all intents and purposes, Curtin incubated it. Um, we uh, we then were lucky enough to receive an accelerating commercialization grant that, again, was matched by Curtin. That allowed us to build a, uh, a pre-commercial version or a commercial trial version of the, the solutions. Um, and then we went into uh, commercial trials Um towards, uh, I suppose we started in 2018 and continued in 2019. Those trials were successful and off the back of that, we were able to, you know, between us and Kurt, we were able to get some interest from um, uh, some finance brokers who represented, um, you know, private wealth uh, in WA. So mm. um, we we did a, a reasonable-sized round, um, you know, public publicly available, so, you know, uh, $2.25 million for our first round, which is essentially an angel round. Sure. Um, and uh, pretty much 100% uh, WA founded, which was, which was great, uh, funded, which is great. Fantastic. And I guess how easy or difficult was it to raise the money up to date, Tim? And I guess with your you know, ex- uh, experiences over time um, that you've had in, in commercial yeah. realms as well, um, what are some of the tips you've learned to, to get there? Um, yeah, so look um, – Call, call out to to the the guys that helped us. So um, you know Rob uh, Rob at Ashanti uh, Capital and uh, John John Toll at Azure Capital. Um, you know they made uh, life a lot easier. So really, um, you know 
Stefan and I uh, were really just pitching. Um, yeah. And so, you know, uh, yeah, we did a lot of pitching uh, in that first round. Um, you know, I think probably we ended up doing over 100 pitches, um, which was good in that, you know, it, it sort of hammered out what our, what our business model was and what was actually resonating with, you know, a lot of very clever business people who were potential funders of it. Um, I mean, what, what we realized was, um, you know, with, with pitching, uh, you need to connect the story, um, to people's personal emotions. So, Mm -hmm. you know, how, how does this affect me at the end of the day? What's, what's a story here that, that is interesting to me that, that sets your investment opportunity above others that I'm looking at? Because a lot of these guys are looking at, you know, tens, hundreds, uh, of opportunities. So how do you stand out amongst that crowd? Um, and so we spent a lot of time sort of putting that, that personal story into it. Um, and you know, how, how are, how are people, how is, how are these people, how are their families getting affected by cyber attacks? Mm -hmm. Um, and we, we, we know a lot more about that now because we've had, you know, the Medibank, uh, and the Optus Mm -hmm. hacks. And and I think, you know, probably everyone in Australia has been personally affected Mm -hmm. at this point, but you know, two, two and a half years ago, it wasn't quite there yet. Yeah. Um, if I can take that train of thought a little bit further, um, other funding mechanisms that are available out there in industry through, obviously you spoke about AC, uh, so obviously grants, yeah. other grant programs, um, R&D tax, uh, ESIC, these sort of, you know, foundation yeah. areas there, have they been helpful and supportive for you as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I mean, AC, accelerating commercialization, you know, we were very lucky to get that and that, uh, as I say, allowed us to do the commercial trials, which then led on to, you know, the private funding round. Um, R&D tax, uh, in my experience, is probably the most important uh, funding available mm-hmm. um, because whereas accelerating commercialization is a competitive grant, you're up against other people applying for yeah. the same money, um, R&D is not. So as long as, you know, you have eligible spend, um, then you get, you know, you get your refund. Um, uh, and, and, you know, in many cases, R&D ref- tax refunds is, you know, what allows a startup to keep going, yeah. you know, from year to year. Um, so that's, a, that's an awesome program. Um, ESIC uh, also um, has become uh, more important. So we, we've actually just completed <clears throat> our seed round. Right. Um, and ESIC was actually quite important to the investors in that round. Sure, sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, so that's that's also been a useful program for us. Sensational. Nice, yeah. great. Um, so, you know, we've been hearing the story from, um, from uh, conception till now. I want to know a bit more about, so, you know, in the next year or few years, what um, is Hyperfire looking to achieve? Yeah. Okay. So we feel like the first um, two years has been you know, understanding what product we need to build. What what was it the customers wanted? Um, so that that was essentially the first year. The second year really was us getting out there and you know selling to um, you know some well known organisations, um, which we've now done. So um, a lot of a lot of our organisations we you know can't mention because we're in um, cybersecurity. Um, you know some uh, we have you know. Uh, public testimonials from that I can can mention. So, for example, you know Venues West, who owns you know the major uh, you know sporting and, and mm. entertainment stadiums um, in in Perth, um, uh, was our first customer. Um, so uh, so yeah, w- and and you know a number of other organisations as well. So you know um, a few other government state government organisations. Mm. Um, 
uh, a health uh, national health organization, um, some manufacturing businesses, uh, you know, a, a power utility. Um, so we've been quite successful in establishing, um, you know, a, a sort of foundation base of of well known uh, well known organisations. And so now what we want to do really is to you know launch into or we have already started launching into um, you know, sales and expansion mode. Um, so uh, we're currently in the process of building up our our national sales team, um, and uh, and you know really moving forward with. Um, yeah, with with uh, with growing the company and sales. So yeah, uh, brilliant, Tim. Um, I guess if we bring it out to more of a, a holistic view now of, of WA and the market here. Yeah, how would you describe the the local startup scene in, in WA, considering Hyperfy is born and bred here and, and part of that scene? Yeah, I mean, I would say it's pretty healthy actually. Um, you know, I've I've been hanging around the scene for quite a while, probably you know twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there's been, you know, there's been a lot of changes in that time, a lot of positive changes. So, um, you know, with the with the likes of, uh, you know, Space Cubed and you know the, the the state government programs that are going on, plus eight, um, you know, a uh, lot of organisations up in uh, in WeWork where we're based. Um, there's just a lot more startups uh, and, and a lot lot more startup founders, um, you know, in the in the scene at the moment. So. Um, you know, at the office yesterday, I spoke to, you know, just during the course of the day, spoke to, you know, six other startup founders. Um, and that's, that's really important when you're in a startup, just to be able to bounce ideas off, Absolutely. you know, I've got yes, this problem. Sure. Yeah. How did you guys deal with it? Um, get some advice, solve the problem. Next mm. day, you've got another problem to solve. So. Um, yeah, that's been really useful. The old uh, water cooler conversation, as yeah. they say. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We get that a lot around here. Um, yeah. so You've been around in this scene for, you said, 20 years. Um, I guess over the time or more, maybe more recently, sort of what companies or uh, people have impressed you or to note or mention? Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, look, there's there's a few um, and, you know, it's great to see that, you know, that there's a few that, that you know, that, that I'll, I'll call out today that are doing really well. Um, so, you know, of course the, you know, Hyperfire team. So yeah. <laughs> uh, i got to men- mention those guys, so Stefan and the team. Um, yeah, we've got Paul and Brad at Ultra Power Systems, um, Tyler and Jason at U Group, uh, who are having a cracking, uh, cracking year. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Chris Bates, um, the team at Lawme, um, who have recently launched, uh, Sean Barry at Lillian Fox that, you know, most people from the scene, uh, will probably know. He used to, used to run Silicon Beach, uh, is over Chicago at the moment. Um, Dan Javevsky at WeMoney, Tim Brewer at Functionally. So, you know. Um, they're just a few, yeah. um, and uh, you know these guys are all doing really well. I should also do a shout out to Dave Hack, who's now at RAC Better Labs, which you know, which is another um, source of WA startups, a supporter of WA startups. So Dave was actually our first growth manager at Hyperfire, um, and uh, you know did a lot of the hard yards with us, uh, you know, with that product market fit stage. Um, and you know then then we've had in the in the cyber space, we've had great support from Cecily and the team at Off Cyber WA. Um, and the Cyrise guys, Scott and Kirsten, uh, uh, yeah, um, helping out with, uh, you know, cyber-specific issues. A lot of great luminaries there for sure in the WA scene. So yeah. big and strong WA, keep going. Yeah. Um, Tim, I guess as a, as a whole, as a startup community in WA, yep. what can we do better? Where are the gaps? Yeah, okay. Um, I mean, I guess, you know, something that's top of mind for me at the moment is, yeah, finding people who want to work in startups. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, finding people, once you find those people, uh, finding people with the right skill set. Um, so again, I think it's, I think it's becoming relatively easier just with, you know, the amount of people who have experience working in, in startups. Um, you know, so, you know, there's a lot of alumni from, uh, you know, the likes of, uh, you know, health engine. Um, yeah. so there are so many health engine alumni who, you know, either have founded their own startup or gone on to work in a, in a, you know, in a newer startup, um, and, and use their skills there. Um, probably more early stage funding. Uh, so, you know, pre product market fit funding, um, you know, that true kind of angel seed funding, um, I don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. Uh, I think yeah. maybe we somehow need to make it easier for, for you know, resources investors to get involved in tech. Um, so, you know, we, we've been lucky enough to have, you know, some some shareholders in that space. But, um, you know, if we could somehow make it easier for them to bridge that gap. Um, and then, you know, you know, possibly some more consistent programs from from state government. So, you know, talked about the, the federal grant, which is the R&D tax, uh, program. Um, you know, if there was that, that's, you know, it's consistency is its strength. Yes. Um, it's always there and it doesn't change. Whereas, uh, what I've seen, you know, with state government initiatives is you get some really great initiatives, um, but then they wane over time with governments, whatever. So if we were able to get some kind of bipartisan, you know, longer term, you know, vision and, and, and programs there, yeah, that'd be great, but um, yeah, again, I don't don't have the answers. Smarter people than no, than that's fine. Mate. That's and a shout out to the Startup West podcast sponsors. The Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, RSM, the City of Perth, Dinner Twist, and. Tim, um, can we take you back through your career uh, from your school days? Uh, you were born in Perth? Yeah, born at uh, St. John, John of God Hospital in Subi, um, like a lot of people from WA. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, and yeah, I've, I've had you know, most of my career uh, in, in WA, um, although I have had a couple of stints in, in Sydney and, and worked uh, internationally um, quite extensively as well. But yeah. Uh, always good to come back to Perth. Good one. Uh, Tim, what were your favourite subjects at school? Did you show, show any leadership or entrepreneurial potential back then, do you think, or uh, any, had any ideas of what you are going to do post-school? Uh, yeah, so favourite subjects at school. I, I very much leant towards the humanities probably because, um, yeah, I was pretty crap at maths. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, you know, I was, I was a big reader, um, used to read a lot of books. I was, you know, super into science fiction uh, you know, got an interest in new technologies from Star Trek, mm. you know. Love Star um, Trek. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't understand why we don't have a tricorder yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or, or, you know, Back to the Future, yeah. where's the hoverboard? Uh, although we're close on that front, I think. Well, let's feel. talk after this, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, look, mainly an interest in, you know, humanities, history, uh, economics. Both of my parents were uh, humanities teachers. Okay. Um, so, uh, yeah, that that kind of rubbed off on me. Um and then, uh, yeah, went, well, okay, so, so leadership, yeah, I was on the uh, student, uh, student leadership committee at, at school, which was, you know, that was great, yeah. um, taught me a bit. Um, and then uh, went on to uni, actually did uh, a year of arts. Um, and then after that, uh, went, into, went into law school. So um, uh, there were four kids in our family, three boys and a girl, all three boys uh, did law degrees. Wow. So, again, probably 
because we're just crap at maths. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that was interesting how that worked out. Um, so yeah, so from there, um, actually uh, went and worked for a barrister um, okay. as my first job. Um, Patrick Mugliston, uh, incredible, incredible barrister and, and advocate. Um, and I uh, used to go to work most days and do court work. Um, so um, I've appeared in the um, you know, magistrate's court, district court, um, Supreme Court, federal court, family court uh, as, a, as a barrister, um, you know, which taught me how to think on my feet. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and how to prepare because um, – uh, if you don't prepare, you get you get destroyed by the other side. So um, yeah. yeah, it was that was uh, a good kind of crucible for um, yeah for that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, so then I then I realised that as fun as that was, um, uh, you know, doing that that kind of work, you're basically coming to work and and fighting with people every day. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah, which yeah, some people are suited to, but uh, I felt that yeah, I wanted to do something else. Actually, um, I went to a talk by a guy called Michael Blackiston um, who was into intellectual property law um, and, the, and the talk he gave was basically flying around the world uh, enforcing trademark rights for like, um, you know, global luxury brands like, you know, Hermes and Lacoste and, you know, the perfume brands and that kind of st- stuff and I thought, oh, well, that sounds all right. Yeah. So, you know, luxury brands, you know, flying around the world. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so off the back of that I went and, uh, went and did a master's in intellectual property law um, and moved over into intellectual property law, worked at uh, Minter Ellison Lawyers in Perth um, uh, in, in intellectual property um, and then from there got recruited into uh, Gilbert and Tobin in Sydney mm-hmm. uh, into technology law. So this is, uh, so th- you know, this is way, way back, uh, 98, 99, we're just leading up to dot-com boom one. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, uh, Gilbert and Tobin were very keen to recruit young technology lawyers um, and so moved over to Sydney uh, practicing, you know, technology law, doing a lot of M&A work, uh, you know, for, for larger companies acquiring smaller startups at that, at that time um, and because the, the senior lawyers were busy on the multi-billion dollar projects, we got the small ones which were, you know, like $100 million yeah. M&A. Um, so again, um, thrown into it and expected to, to perform but – um, at that point, uh, really, I got, I got bit by the tech bug. Like, yeah. um, you know, got super interested in the in the startup companies mm-hmm. that you know that were being acquired and and their stories and how they got there. Um, and then, you know, a couple of years later, the the, the bubble burst, um, uh, and I took the opportunity to to, to move sort of out of law uh, and into more commercialization and and you know what were you know in those days startups. <laughs> Um, so I moved back to Perth, uh, um, did a small stint in, um, tech advisory and then moved across to QBSX, um, who were you know, a listed company doing commercialization, um, and, uh, and, and patent enforcement litigation, um, around the world. Um, so yeah, so, so did a lot of commercialization, including, you know, commercialization at universities, um, saw you know, a lot of early stage technologies, um, you know, we um, at that point would actually help a lot of and fund a lot of those uh, companies to to bring their product to market. So it was a great learning ground for how to you know how, how to how to get uh, technologies from you know, a concept or an idea through to market. Um, so uh, yeah, so that was that was QBSX. From there, I worked at a 
uh, a listed company uh, doing carbon sequestration for a while. Okay. Um, then I ran my own startup in mining tech for, for five years, which mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. Um, and uh, after that I ran, a, ran an aged care software business, Australian aged care software business. Had a, had a stint uh, working for Marcus Tan at Health Engine, which was uh, a lot of fun. Um, and, and I was actually uh, doing, you know, helping, uh, you know, expand their, their East Coast business. So I was spending a lot of time in, in Sydney. Um, I, I say I was doing FIFO into Sydney, yeah. um, but people <laughs> tell me that that's not FIFO. That's called a uh, holiday. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and no duty-free so, either, Tim. Yeah, <laughs> well, well, that's right. Um, yeah, so, so, you know, had a great time, uh, with health engine. Then after that founded Mavuno advisory, it's a you know, tech advisory firm with Paul Hersey, um, uh, which, uh, which, you know, which still operates, um, and then had the opportunity to, to work with Stefan to, to help launch Hyperfire and, you know, that brings us up to today. Amazing. Awesome. That's, um, <laughs> that is a huge, <laughs> like that is huge. Um, so with everything that you've experience through your journey and, and learn what you know now, what yeah. do you wish you had known at the start? Yeah. Okay. Uh, whew, I don't know. I'm still learning. So, uh, I, I don't know. It seems like the older I get, the less I know, but, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll throw a few things out there. Um, so, so my pers- first piece of advice is, um, yeah, uh, of course, you know, you need to take things seriously. Uh, be, you know, particularly when you've got, you know, shareholders and, and, and staff, you know, you need to make the company a success. But what I would say is enjoy the ride. Um, mm. Like not many people get to do this. Um, just just recognise that um, and enjoy it as much as you can. Enjoy all of the, the, the great moments, celebrate the great moments and try and, try and keep things in perspective. Um, so, you know, some, sometimes as, as founders, you know, there's a great scene in uh, in Silicon Valley. The the uh, I think it's an HBO series about startups. So I recommend it. Every startup founder watches it. Um, there's a great scene where you know the, the founder, one of the founders, having a particularly bad day, and he's just in the fetal position in the bath, crying. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most founders will, will recognise that. Uh, that happening, but, um, but then the next day you'll have the best day of your life. Yeah. Um, so yeah, try and, try and enjoy it. Um, the other thing is, um, yeah, try to find the best ideas as founders. Like we always think we've got the best ideas, but we don't always have. So, you know, be, be like, uh, Jean-Luc Picard out of Star Wars <laughs> and like, you know, um, ask, uh, ask the rest of the team what their ideas are and, and go for the best one. Um, and you know what? It's usually not yours. <laughs> no, it's always worthwhile so, asking number one. Yeah, <laughs> always ask number one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, that that'd be a couple that I'd throw out there. Awesome. Um, I think we're going to move on to the rapid uh, quick fire round. Um, Steve, take it away, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Tim, what's the single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Honesty. Admit when you've made a mistake and adapt. I love that. <laughs> nice. If you were to wave your magic wand over the local startup scene, what would you wish into being? Um, somewhere to easily find team members. Um, yeah. Yeah. You need yeah. a magic wand for that, I yeah. think. Don't know the solution. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who do you most admire in the local tech scene? Uh, a company or a person perhaps? Yeah. Um, look, I, I think it's just all founders because, um, yeah, you know, it's pretty scary going out there and starting up a company from scratch. Um, so yeah, shout out to the founders, um, but also to their partners and families. So, you know, they always say 
uh, you know, is easier for, for people going to combat than it is for their families. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, shout out for the families and the, and the partners. That's great. Um, how can anyone who is listening help you? Um, yeah, if you know a, a CTO, a CIO or a CISO, um, ask them if they have network detection and response solutions. Uh, if they don't, um, let them know there's an Australian business called Hubify that does. Good one. And Tim, we all have busy lives, whether it's um, you know in 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 business or even in our personal lives, for that matter, as well. But yeah, what do you do to get away from it all, just to relax and refresh and recoup and recover? Oh well, you know Perth's got the best beaches in the world. Yeah, yeah we do. Um, so yeah, go down going down the beach uh, with my my wife. Um, sometimes the kids when they don't have stuff on, yeah, and yeah, take the dog, go for a walk, have a swim. Best way to start the day. Um, try to get to the gym. You know, as often as I can, you try to get there every morning. Um, again, that's a good thing to do for for startup founders. Like have have some some fitness to blow off steam, and like hang out in Frio. Um, you know, nothing nothing like a Gino's special for breakfast yeah. and an espresso <laughs> on the weekend. Love um, it, love it, awesome. Perfect. Thanks, Tim, and we would like to wish you and your team all the best for the future. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Chris, thanks, Steve, thanks for having me. Good luck, Tim. Cheers. Also, thanks to our sponsors. Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support from Space Cubed, Curtin University, the City of Perth, RSM, Techon, and Dinner Twist. And here's the offer from our friends at Dinner Twist. So you can focus on creating your next unicorn. Let Dinner Twist worry about dinner. Uh, here is $30 off your first box. Enter SW30 at the checkout. Go to www.dinnertwist.com.au to get started. We recorded this podcast at Rift Podcast Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, Western Australia. Don't forget to subscribe to Startup West on your favourite pod platform so our latest episodes appear in your feed. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you.